Hey everybody, welcome to Just For Variety. Today is September 15th, 2021. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Eva Longoria. I caught up with the Hollywood powerhouse shortly after she wrapped her directorial debut, Hot Flamin', about Richard Montanez, the man behind the creation of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. This coming weekend, September 17th through 19th, Longoria will appear at the second annual Latinas Make a Difference Summit, hosted by Poderistas, a Latina digital community that Longoria co-founded just a year ago. Plus, find out if Longoria is planning a run for political office. But before we get to Ms. Longoria, let's take a look at this week's Just for Variety column. Attention Drake and Nicki Minaj, Lil Nas X tells me he'd love to work with you. In fact, the Montero Call Me By Your Name hitmaker says, let's do both of them at the same time. I caught up with Lil Nas X at the MTV VMAs. Keep in mind, this was before Minaj announced she's not ready to be vaccinated against COVID-19. Not sure if that changes anything with Lil Nas X. Also at the VMAs, Saweetie teased that she may be releasing a collaboration with Cher. Everything will unwind and unfold during the holidays, Sweetie told me. How many more days till Christmas? Welcome back. I'm chatting with Eva Longoria about her Latina digital platform, Poderistas, and her upcoming directorial debut, The Cheetos Booty, Flamin' Hot. Hi. How are you, love? I'm good. How are you? Oh, we were just we were just wiping about the state of the world right now. It's just I'm just I'm just Pretty. done. I know. I know. I'm great. I'm great. Just yeah. wrapped up the movie I directed and finally moved back home because I was in Albuquerque for five months. And oh, wow. uh, so I slept for about a week and now it's like off and running again to the races. Well, we're going to get to the movie in a second. I do have to talk to you about Poderista, though. Yeah. Second year. I mean, look, you, you, you launched this. The emphasis was on the election. So how has, in this short little year, has the focus or the themes changed for you guys? How has the themes changed? I yeah. feel like, you know, we built this platform during an election year, but it wasn't just for elections. It was really, you know, built to uh, be multipliers, uh, you know, forced multipliers within our own community. And so I think that need will never change, whether it's an election year, whether it's a midterm, whether it's just daily life. And so, you know, we are really lucky and blessed that we built uh, this community so fast uh, and, wow. and so strong to celebrate Latina culture and to harness Latina power. And I think um, you know, as the demographics grow in the United States, it's only going to be more important to have um, this aggregation of community uh, moving forward. Tell me, what, what is the community? What's the community you're finding there? Who's coming to you? Who's, who's um, mm. voicing themselves? Everybody. That's Everybody. Right. We, have, yeah. we have moms. We have professionals. We have millennials. We have uh, students. You know, we have grandmas. I mean, the, the uh, intersectionality. You know, we have uh, first generation Latina. We have a ninth generation Latina. We have Afro Latinas. We have. I mean, it is such a, a diverse group of women. 
there. Why? Why do you um, think it's resonating so much? You know, I think there is always a um, a yearning for information and inspiration, and mm. obviously people turn a lot to Instagram. I mean, uh, to social media. For that right? Yeah. Like, what? Where can I get my news? Where can I get uh, information? And where can I get rid of the noise? And we've really proven ourselves as a platform to to uh, speak to the Latina community and say, hey, you guys should be paying attention to this. Um, and whether it's, you know, uh, politics or workshops, it could also be, you know, um, books, you know, books from our community, written by our community. It could also be beauty, fitness, entertainment. And so um, for us, it's just, uh, you know, incredible how much we've grown uh, and, and how fast we've grown. But I think you hit it right on the, on the head when you said, you know, why, why is it resonating? I think Latinas like to see their voices amplified. Mm. And, um, you know, sometimes all we need is permission to be great. And they will get that permission from this site. Who gave you permission to be great? Oh, my mother, my sisters. Uh, my family, I come from a, a family of very powerful women, powerful, independent women in America. Um, and so, you know, since I was young, not only did they give permission for me to be great, they, they expected me to be great and to do, to do great things. And so I think um, I was really lucky. I didn't have to look far for role models or mentors. Um, I think there's such an emphasis on celebrity culture today about, you know, who, you know, who inspires you? And it has to be a famous person. And, and for me, it, that never was really the case because, you know, celebrity wasn't a thing in, in my day. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the idea of this year's summit centers on um, poder and action. What does that mean to you? Oh, my God. Well, you know, we we're called poderistas, which means, right. you know, powerful women. And so the main um, objective is, is to make sure Latinas you know, we lift them up to serve as catalysts for change in their family, in their community, in their relationships, in their job. Um, and so this bullet in action could represent, you know, the power of us as a group, the power mm -hmm. of you as an individual, the power of us as a community. Um, and so we want to highlight and spotlight, you know, certain Latinas that are inspiring or sparking change um, through all of these sessions that we're going to break out to. And, and we're going to have a very unique format because we're balancing like lifestyle content with civic engagement, um, so there will be something for everybody. How do you stay in action? Because you, I mean, you are, you are a busy lady. How do you do it? Yes. <laughs> well, I prioritize. I, everything's important. And, uh, you know, you just have to uh, make sure that you have a good team around you, whether it's your family or friends or coworkers, that there are people uh, around you who are fanning your flame and whether that flame is a passion for uh, activism or philanthropy or career. Um, you know, I think I have, I'm surrounded myself with some people that really celebrate all of this uh, action in my life, whether it's, you know, building my brand or, or my philanthropy or my political activism. And I think that makes a, a big difference that you're surrounded by, you know, birds of a feather. How do, you, how do you think Biden is doing? Is he delivering to the Latino community, to Latinas? Oh, that's such a 
big, big question. question. Oh, <laughs> 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 I don't think I can answer. I feel like I've had my head in the sand for the last five months because I've been directing. And like you said, whenever you're like, the world is going to shit. <laughs> um, it's, <clears throat> excuse me. It's, um, I just was like, wait, what happened? Wait, where, what is So I feel like I'm actually just getting caught up. I mean, I, I literally, you don't even have the capacity to, to eat when you're, you know, deep into uh, a project like I did. And so I'm just coming up for air now and kind of regrouping specifically with this summit to figure out, you know, um, that to figure out the answer to that question is are our needs being met as a community? Um, and not only it's not only Biden, it's, it's you know, your your congresswomen, your your congress people, your senators, your school board, you know, is, is your community banning masks at school is your you know, there's so many levels of civic engagement. And uh, it's I think the easiest thing is to you know always blame the president. I remember when Obama was president, my mom would say, tell him to fix the potholes, you know, and I'm like, OK, mom, you didn't say that. <laughs> But uh, I think knowing uh, how you can be civically engaged and targeting the right people who are creating that change or blocking that change uh, is important. And so for me, I'm kind of just digging back in. And and as we're curating this summit uh, going, we should be talking about this or that. And I was like, what? What happened over there? You know, so kind of getting caught up on all that now. So we have to talk about your home state of Texas. Oh, my God, do we? Eva, what happened? Did you see this? What happened? Yeah. Yes. I mean, by the way, the writing's been on the wall. And this is why, this is exactly my point of like, people want to, you know, blame Biden for a lot of things, but look at your state legislatures. Who are they made up of? What are they doing? What are they passing? If you look at what Texas did, that was a a state that really is, is, you know, stepping on the rights of women everywhere the consequences and the uh magnitude of this of this uh case will be felt throughout the country not just in texas but that was made by a state legislature and so uh we we have to be sure to hold them accountable in the next election especially as women especially as as an issue so uncontroversial as uh as uh uh, reproductive rights 74 percent of americans believe women should have a right to choose you know what happens to their bodies um, and I think it's so hypocritical that, you know, Republicans are saying, you know, it's no mask, my body, or no vaccine, right. it's, you know, no vaccine mandate, my body, but you're going to control my body? It's right. so hypocritical and so unfair and so disappointing. Uh, and, it, and, and if we don't pay attention, it's only going to get worse. And so I need people to wake up in Texas and really stand up for uh, human rights because that's what this is an infringement on. And not only that. Um, you know, the the voting rights is, you know, is next. I mean, the, the redlining, the gerrymandering, the redistricting, all of that's next after the census. And so it's really going to affect communities of color. Um, you know, it's, it's already hard enough to vote and to make it even harder for communities of, of, of black and brown people mm-hmm. um, is, is unfair. Well, what do you say to someone who says to you, what can I do? I'm just one person. What can I do? You can do a lot. I think that's the that's the misconception is I'm only one person, one vote. Why do I matter? And I think I think that's how we do um, fix this country is is one person at a time, which affects one community at a time, which affects one state at a time. And it really um, 
turns into change and just to be the change that you want to see um, volunteering, going door to door, registering people to vote, um, you know, getting out the message of, of, you know, what is happening, paying attention. I mean, just pay attention right. and get out of the, um, what are you talking about? I can't change anything. You are the change, right. especially young people. And I know I think I've asked you this probably 10 times over the, all the years I've interviewed you, but when are you going to run for office? <laughs> That's the other misconception is you have to be a politician to be political. <laughs> and I think, you know, the power lies with the citizen and it will always lie with the citizen. And so that's what I tend to do is, is you know, use my civic engagement as my voice and, um, and not be tied up in, in whether or not, you know, I want to be a politician. I, I can still be political. Well, let's talk about this movie you directed, your feature film directorial debut. How did it go? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, amazing. I couldn't have asked for a better studio to do it with, a better cast, a better crew. It was a dream. I had so much support. I, I had such a strong vision and they supported me all the way through. And, um, you know, I was operating from a place of authenticity and making sure I represented not only the story of Richard Montanez, and the biopic um, that we were trying to do, but um, of the Mexican-American community at large and making sure, you know, we were represented in, in culture and casting, in food, in the music. I mean, I've just started editing. So, um, you know, carrying that throughout the post process as well. So are you still eating Cheetos or are you like, just get them away from me. I cannot eat another Cheeto. <laughs> Definitely still eating them. <laughs> what, was, what was the most challenging part for you as a first time director? <laughs> the New Mexico heat was so hot. <laughs> I mean, there were days our, the asphalt melted underneath our camera trucks. Um, wow. I mean, it was so hot. Um, but I think probably the greatest um, challenge was making sure we stayed true to the theme of the movie, which is, you know, opportunity is not distributed equally. And mm -hmm. when that happens, you, you have to work twice as hard and twice as long and be twice as good. And, um, and, and you still have to persevere. And, um, you know, it's, it's the, the, the story is so many things. It's rags to Richard riches. It's American Dream 101, it's about perseverance, it's about the underdog, um, but at the end of the day, it's also about, you know, one person's perspective and struggle within themselves, and mm. so it's a beautiful, beautiful biopic. Now we're going to take a short break, but when we return, Longoria talks about her jump into the tequila business, then later, she weighs in on the turmoil at Time's Up. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Just for Variety. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Here's more of Eva Longoria. Keeping with the Mexican theme, 
Mike, are you giving George Clooney a run for his money? Absolutely. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. This is a um, female-run tequila. I mean, it is female from the top to the bottom, and that's really rare in, in the industry of, of tequila. And so as a Mexican-American, I'm, I'm just so proud to be First of all, as a Mexican American, right? Like, <laughs> it's already something authentic to my my culture. Um, and, you know, I have obviously a strong connection to Mexico and, and long-standing roots that has always been inspired by by um, tequila. And my mission has always been, whether it's in my production company or my philanthropy, whatever it is, it's to to uplift the voices of women and celebrate celebrate them. And so, this particular team, it's not solely women, mm-hmm. but um, I love highlighting the women who are playing a pivotal role um, to encourage others in the space to do the same. And so we have, um, uh, oh my God, what's her name? Maida, which is the CEO of uh, our distillery. She's female. Wow. Um, and then we have our um, head of production, Alejandra, uh, and she's the, um, uh, and then we have Mariana, who's our, our, our artisana, artisana tequila. Um, so these are very very key roles in in what we are um oh my god look elote bowl sorry um excuse me and so i'm just excited about it and there's a unique way and process in which we make the tequila which makes it stand shoulders above anyone else in quality and taste and so it's really fun to celebrate this ancient craftsmanship and merge it with you know a uh, uh, modern take and and celebrate it with you know the progression of women being involved so what's your favorite way to drink tequila right now it's um in a mexican mule which is a moscow mule with tequila <laughs> and what's your remedy for a tequila hangover well that's the genius about this our tequila <clears throat> you know there's a very specific process called the heads, the tails, and the heart of um, tequila when you make it. Mm. The head is what gives you the uh, the headache. It has like ethanol and acetone, and the tail is like the toxic shitty part that you throw out. So what you want is the heart of the distilled down agave, and so that head is what gives you the hangover, it's the sweetness. Uh-huh. So you want a little bit of head. You want a little bit of a little bit of that in your tequila, but the way they master our um, tequila making it is zero hang Z- when I say zero hangover zero hangover I remember at my wedding because I'm a wine drinker at heart and at my wedding I was like I can't I can't drink wine for 12 hours like that's how long Mexican weddings are and um, um, I was like I think I'm gonna drink tequila I think I'm gonna try tequila my husband goes no no no, no. I don't I don't think tonight's the night you try tequila <laughs> <laughs> my wedding my wedding night I had such a good time and no hangover, no hangover. Like no hangover. I was like, what? But I'll tell you, it was Victoria Beckham who got me to love, love uh, tequila. Um, and it was announced this week that you're resigning from time, the board of Times Up. What made you decide yeah. to do that? You know, I'm I'm excited about the trajectory of Times Up. We were always servicing, you know, the inception. Can you take this, please? I, we were always, you know, in service of our mission and setting up a structure and uh, a, uh, 
a space uh, to end the imbalance of power. And so I'm excited for the next generation to move that forward because it is important that, the, you know, the work continues. I'm super proud of being part of a group that, that, you know, united in sisterhood to change how things can be better. And uh, I think that it's important to continue the, to continue this work. I've made a, a financial contribution to make sure, you know, they're going to continue on. Um, but, you know, this next generation of leadership is exactly who, who can take this mission forward to continue to make workplaces safe for women everywhere. And, and look, the movement has transcended the organization. Right. Um, and so with this larger movement towards equality for women, it needs to be fought on every front. I mean, as you've seen with Texas, with voting, I mean, everything. And so I, believe me, my, my work is not done, um, but I, I, I just step back knowing it's in the best hands possible moving forward. But what do you say to people who say, you know, it's hit some real bad speed bumps along the way. How do you get over that? I will say to, to that, you know what? It's, a, <clears throat> it's okay to make mistakes in right. the effort to topple patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Mistakes will be made. It doesn't mean the effort should stop. Right, right. You know, we have to continue. I mean, we've been under under thousands of years of a patriarchal society. It's not going to topple in three years of time. We have so much more work to be done. That was Eva Longoria. The second annual three-day Latinas Make a Difference Summit kicks off on Friday, September 17th. Thanks for listening to this week's Just for Variety. Coming up next time, Jessica Chastain. She talks portraying Tammy Faye Baker in the new biopic, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Until then, don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mark Malkin. For all your up-to-the-minute Hollywood news, go to Variety.com. See you next time. Thank you.